Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Football Garbage Time NFL Podcast. My name is Kathoon Wong, and I'm the editor-in-chief of Football Garbage Time. And with me, unfortunately, is not Trevor Stores, who's away this week. But subbing in for him is Football Garbage Time senior staff writer Joanne Khan on her first ever appearance co-hosting this podcast. Welcome aboard, Joanne. Hey. <laughs> All right. Lots of enthusiasm there, Joanne. Hey, listen, you know, Trevor and I have been talking about Halloween a lot since October, and uh, we're getting really close to Halloween, only a day away here. So I was going to talk to him about what we're dressing up as, and I'm going to dress up as a ghost and call myself Patrick Mahomes, because clearly there is an imposter on the field right now who sucks, and the real Patrick Mahomes has absolutely disappeared. I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I think that is Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I'm just going to say, like, since his daughter was born, all of his athletic superpowers have now transferred to her. So 16 years from now, we're going to be hearing about Sterling Sky Mahomes. It's no longer, no longer going to be Patrick. Oh, man. FSM. Well, you know, so you're saying that the Kansas City Chiefs should rework Patrick Mahomes' 10-year, $450 million contract to include Sterling Sky's rookie contract. Is that what you're saying? I think that would be a good bet. Um, <laughs> I think 16 years from now, she is going to be taking the world by storm. FSM, taking the world by storm. Actually, to tell you the truth, the way that Patrick Mahomes is playing, Sterling Sky could probably outplay him from the crib right now. So, hey, who knows, guys? Everyone keep an eye on that. All right. Well, we got plenty to talk about today, including the NFL's investigation into Dan Snyder and the Washington football team a preview of Week 8 NFC East matchups, as well as a fantasy football play from those games, and the bottom five power rankings, and much, much more. So let's get this rolling. So let's start with this NFL investigation into the Washington football team. The NFL has apparently completed their nearly year-long investigation of systemic harassment that occurred with the Washington football team and owner Dan Snyder. And NFL commissioner Roger Goodell has said at the league meetings last Tuesday that they did not and will not release a written report because some who were interviewed wanted anonymity and didn't want a public report. But attorneys from some former Washington football team employees rejected NFL Commissioner Goodell's reasoning for not making the investigation into the organization public, saying in a letter that their clients wanted anonymity, but also wanted a written report. In a two-page letter to Goodell, Lisa Banks and Deborah Katz stated that their clients, 40 women who made allegations of sexual harassment while working for Washington, wanted their names to be kept confidential, but also wanted the findings released. Beth Wilkinson, who conducted the investigation, provided a verbal report to the NFL for findings. There were 150 people interviewed during the investigation. The NFL fined Washington $10 million for its toxic workplace culture, and Dan Snyder stepped aside from day-to-day operations of the franchise in favor of his wife, Tanya. Banks and Katz wrote to Goodell, quote, your continued refusal to produce the findings of the report, uh, sorry, the investigation, ignoring the repeated pleas from those who put themselves at risk to participate in this investigation, suggests strongly that it is not they who you are determined to protect, unquote. Now, Mark Davis, owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, joined the NFL Players Association, some members of Congress, and the former employees of the Washington football team in demanding to see what the investigation uncovered. So, Joanne, what are your thoughts on this? And should the NFL release a written report of their investigation into Dan Snyder and the Washington football team? 
they should definitely release it. I don't see why they wouldn't. And I have to agree, like, that is true. Like, the NFL is definitely protecting the wrong people. They're not protecting the victims here. They're protecting the actual team. And that makes no sense. Let's face it. Like, Cuomo has been, you know, put out in the open. Why not? Dan Snyder, why not? Yeah, and then I guess there's also the question of Dan Snyder stepping aside and putting his wife Tanya in play. I mean, there's some question there as to whether that's accomplishing what's uh, meant to be accomplished by the NFL as well, right? Well, yeah, I mean, like, I don't I don't see how, like, he would not be involved since his wife would be taking his place. There's, you know, always going to be some discussion in the background of what he feels should be going on. So there's really no separation. I mean, he might as well still be there. Yeah, and I think that there's a question here because Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, also wants this report made public. I mean, probably because of the impact on John Gruden, who we talked about previously, you know, and that, and of course, if that is an impacting John Gruden that way, I'm sure he wants whoever is involved in Washington football team's organization to be impacted in the same way. Well, this is just a thing, a tip for tat. You know, if, if my team's going down, your team's going down <laughs> as well. So why would he, why would he back the NFL? He's like, we're going to all go down with a ship. Yeah, right. Well, that's, that's true. Of course, the NFL Players Association, members of Congress, uh, and former employees of Washington football team, Mark Davis, the owner of the Las Vegas Raiders, all want this report made uh, public. We'll see how this goes. It's a lot more to be done here. And of course, uh, at least good on the NFL for completing the investigation. But we'll see what happens going on after that. So let's go ahead and ring the boxing bell on this topic and move on to our next topic, which is going to be a preview of the NFC East Week 8 matchups. And we're going to start with the Washington football team sitting at 2-5 and five at the Denver Broncos sitting at 3 and 4. It's a 4.25 p.m. Eastern game on Sunday, October 31st, Halloween, folks, and the Broncos are fared by 3, over under at 45. Current money line is plus 145 for the Washington football team and minus 170 for the Broncos. So, Joanne, what are your thoughts about this matchup? Well, first of all, Denver Broncos just nearly missed my list for the top five worst teams. Okay. They were, like, number six. Wow. Okay. So... That being said, um, I just don't see how the Denver Broncos are going to win this game. Oh, wow. Okay. But, I mean, the Washington football team, probably league worst defense in the NFL right now, allowing 416 total yards per game. I mean, that is an immense amount of yards. Uh, don't you think that, uh, Terry, uh, that uh, Bridgewater uh, actually can take advantage of that? Um, he can, but at the same time, I think the Washington football team could do the same. Mm-hmm. I think that Tyler Heineke has shown in his past game how well he could play. Last week, he put up 268 yards, rushed 95 yards, the best in his career ever. Mm-hmm. And so with that, like it just shows that he can do it. Of course, he should not dive into the end zone. <laughs> he should probably just walk in instead of, uh, you know, giving himself up at the one-inch line. I'm sure that would have changed the stats entirely. That was a really ticky-tack type of deal. But, yes, I mean, he's going to learn from it every week. He's getting better week to week. And, yes, the Washington football team's defense has not been as good as everyone had said. But it's, you 
know. Well, I still have a lot of teams. Okay, well, I would think that the Washington football team defense has been uh, not as good as any team <laughs> out there in the NFL. But uh, that being said, Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, he's back on the field. He gets Gary Judy back this week. The Broncos obviously had a nice 3-0 and start of the season, but have lost the four straight after that. Part of that might be because, you know, uh, Teddy Bridgewater was injured. But now he's back. They got Jerry Judy. I mean, there's a possibility he could take advantage of this, so I, I have my eye on that. And, of course, on the other side of the ledger, Terry McLaurin missed practice on Wednesday. He's banged up. He probably is not going to miss the game, but may not be operating 100%. And same thing for Antonio Gibson, missing time at practice as well. So I think there may be some issues there. So why don't you pick us a winner here, uh, Joanne? Who do you have winning this game? Uh, Washington, of course. Oh, Washington, of course. Well, guess what? I'm going to take the opposite. I'm going to take the Broncos on this one, and I will take uh, the Broncos with the money line, and I will even take the Broncos to cover the three-point spread. All right, let's move on to the next game of the uh, weekend on the NFC East. That is the New York Giants at the Kansas City Chiefs. New York Giants sitting at 2-5. and five. Kansas City Chiefs at a surprising 3-4. and four. This is the 8.15 p.m. Eastern Time Monday night game, November 1st. Chiefs are favored by 9.5, edging up on 10. Over under is 52.5. Current money line is plus 3.50 for the Giants and minus 4.50 for the Chiefs, okay, Joanne, give us your thoughts here on this matchup between the Giants and the Chiefs. So I don't care which Patrick Mahomes is going to be out there, whether it's <laughs> going to be the good Patrick Mahomes or the bad Patrick Mahomes, either one is going to beat the Giants. Okay, okay, interesting. So as a New Yorker, it's very heartbreaking to say that, but it's just, the Giants have a great way of just letting you down. Yeah, yeah, they definitely have done that for sure. But they did pick up their second win in week seven, uh, putting down the Carolina Panthers. So there is a little bit of momentum there. And the Chiefs lost uh, to the Tennessee Titans. They only put up three points. So you think big bounce back spot for the Chiefs here? Yeah, the Carolina Panthers and the Tennessee Titans are two very different teams. Yep, yep. So the fact that the Giants could beat the Panthers is not such a big surprise. You know, the Chiefs and the Titans, that was kind of a battle. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's uh, Sam Darnold is cursed playing anything that's New York related. Apparently that's going to be the end of his career. Anything New York related does not work well with Sam Darnold. Now Giants also just lost in their defense one of their captains, Jabril Peppers, to uh, season-ending torn ACL injury. They will also not be playing uh, with – Saquon Barkley or Kenny Galladay both ruled out for the game. They're hoping that Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony returns, but if not, I guess it's going to be the Darius Slayton show. Uh, Giants, however, are 22 and seven against the spread in their last 29 times as road underdogs. Chiefs offense and defense look, in my opinion, completely out of sync. Chiefs defense, as I mentioned, allowing 414.6 yards per game and uh, 29 points per game. Of course, you know, hey, they're playing the Giants, so I guess you're picking the Chiefs to win this one. I am. I, I, it's just unfortunate, but there's no way the Chiefs are going to win, like lose two in a row. And they're definitely not going to let themselves lose to the Giants. Yeah, well, that's probably true. And uh, as, as much of an optimist as I like to think of myself as, I think the Chiefs will also win this. However, if the spread rises to double digits at minus 10, uh, maybe I'll take the Giants to cover that, to, to be in that spread. I, I don't know. crazy? Uh, 10 points. I mean, I, I don't know. I, they ten points. I think they could maybe do that. They can no, maybe do that. <laughs> no, the Giants aren't covering a ten point spread uh, against Kansas City. All right, all right, fine. Uh, we'll see. I won't make that pick, folks. But we'll say Chiefs win this one pretty handily. All right, let's go on to the next uh, topic. But before we get there, let's do our 
our first uh, read to our first sponsor, Manscaped. Support for Football Garbage Time is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming champions of the world. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped just launched their fourth-generation trimmer to Lawnmower 4.0, and you heard it, 4.0. Join over 2 million men worldwide who trusted Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you, 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. Again, get 20% off and free shipping with the code GARBAGETIME at manscaped.com. All right, let's get back to the NFC East and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and Detroit Lions. Eagles sitting at 2-5, and five, Detroit Lions at a pitiful 0-7, and seven, 1 p.m. Eastern time, Sunday, October 31st, Halloween, folks. The Eagles favored by 3.5, over under at 48 Current money line is minus 190 for the Eagles and plus 160 for the Giants. All right, Joanne, give us your thoughts here on this game between the Eagles and the Lions. Well, both teams have been so disappointing this season. I mean, they just have not been very exciting to watch. Uh, just all around, like, just terrible. It's, it's, it's a hard pick, um, but I think the uh, Lions could get their first win here. Yeah, well, it'll be very interesting to see. I mean, obviously, they haven't done it yet. Um, and we've seen that the Eagles have been awfully disappointing so far. I mean, that it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this works out. I mean, Eagles, only two wins of their own, dropped five of their last six. They were dominated in their last game in a loss against the Las Vegas Raiders. Derek Carr completed over 91% of his passes against them. That is embarrassing. Second best completion percentage ever for a quarterback who threw at least 30 passes in a game. That is a bad place to be for the Eagles defense. Uh, Jalen Hurts and the Eagles offense struggling to move the ball in most of the game. Detroit, on the other hand, allows 383 yards, 28.6 points per game, among the worst in the NFL. And, of course, that presents an opportunity for the Eagles to come back here. I mean, if nothing else, Jalen Hurts has most of his weapons back, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, and Jalen Rieger. But no Miles Sanders. You think that's going to be a problem, Joanne? No Miles Sanders, Boston Scott, and Kenneth Gainwell filling in for him. You know what? I really don't think that is. I don't think that's going to change anything uh, for them. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, it's, it's funny because uh, I want to say that being playing at home is really going to help Detroit Lions this week. I mean, it hasn't before, but like, you know, I think this week it, it really can make a difference for them. They know they're going in zero to seven, you know, unless they're looking you know, to be the number one draft pick, which right now they are. <laughs> they might as well. It, 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 winning one game won't, won't actually stop that. So they have to have one win. Philadelphia Eagles are right at their door, and I think they could do it. So you're going to pick the Lions on this one? I am going to pick the Lions. I have faith in them that the Lions and the Detroit, the city of Detroit can bring their team to victory. <laughs> one victory for the year. I'm going to disagree. I'm going to take the Eagles on this one. I think Jalen Hurts gets it done with his weapons. And I think, actually, I like Kenneth Gainwell better than Miles Sanders. I said it here first. You heard me, folks. Kenneth Gainwell better than Miles Sanders. Let's just go ahead and give him that starting reins in the backfield. All right, let's get on uh, to the next one. Before I do that, uh, we have a caller online. Caller, uh, you're on on the air. Thanks for calling in. What's your name? Good afternoon. This is Lou from New Jersey. Hey, Lou from New Jersey. Welcome back onto the show. Uh, What's your question for us? Oh, you remember me. Oh, good. Of course well, I do. <laughs> I wanted to make a comment on the um, on the game you were mentioning between the Chiefs and Giants. You know, I'm at a loss this game because mm-hmm. we both know that both teams are, well, pitiful. Uh, of course, the Giants, I think, seem to be worse. But, you know, Mahomes, you know, like your, like your um, partner was saying, are we going to see the good Patrick Mahomes 
or we're going to see the Patrick right. Mahomes that has become, you know, more like, yep. well, a bit of a trash heap. As yeah. Stands right now. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's, I know it's coming to the same from, from Mahomes because it wasn't that long ago that he was actually good. Now yeah. he's, you know, getting banged up and whatnot. I think that concussion, you know, back in uh, the uh, divisional game, I think that really sent him back. I mm-hmm. think it's starting to show. And I think, it's yep. tur- I think it's hurting the Chiefs, you know, a lot. But this game is really, you know, up for grabs because they're both uh, in the toilet right now. So it's, it's kind of tough to choose who's going to win this game and who's going to lose. Who knows? We might even see a tie in this case since they're so bad. <laughs> zero to zero, it's, it's perhaps. It's possible, folks. It's possible. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely true. Uh, any, any, uh, any thoughts on that, uh, Joanne? I, I think you're, you're right. He could be showing some effects. And he, he had a really hard impact uh, last week's game as yeah. well where they had to take him out. Right. So, I mean, that is definitely a factor here. But, you know, I, I just have to say, like, I think, like, the Chiefs have more weapons and can trust Patrick Mahomes more mm. than they could Daniel Jones. Right. Right, yeah, and I think that uh, oh, I think forget Daniel Jones. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel Jones is hard to trust no matter what, right? But I, I will say this: yeah, Danny the, Dimes. <laughs> the Chiefs have uh, the Chiefs have history of winning. The Giants do not. It was, so uh, right. you know, I mean, we got to go back uh, to 2012 to to talk about the the Giants' heyday. The Chiefs, you know, the last couple of years, they have some history. I think they get back on track this week. Thank you so much for calling, Lou from New Jersey. Uh, glad having you back on the show here. I'll be back. All right. Okay, everyone else, Lou from New Jersey. Thanks for the call there, Lou. All right, let's go ahead and just get on to that last game that we'll be talking about, and that is the Dallas Cowboys at the Minnesota Vikings. Dallas Cowboys sitting at 5-1, and one, Minnesota Vikings at 3-3. Three and three. This is the 8.20 p.m. Eastern time Sunday night game. Again, October 31st, Cowboys favored by one, just one, over under 55. Current money line, minus 115 for the Cowboys, minus 105 for the Vikings. Joanne, tell us about this game. What do you think about this okay, matchup? So, first of all, I hate the Cowboys, so <laughs> okay. I could never pick them to win. Right, right, right. Okay. I'm just always cursing them. But because the game is in Minnesota... I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna give Minnesota the edge. I'm gonna give them all my positive energy. Wow! And hope they just like rub the Cowboys in the dirt. Okay. Well, that sounds like a really good uh, analysis there. <laughs> that uh, hate the Cowboys, so they're gonna lose. But keep in mind, the Cowboys. You know, they've won five straight, and they are clearly running away with the NFC East. I, you know, Dak Prescott has been um, out of this world this year, coming back from injury, averaging 302.2 yards per uh, per game passing. Uh, and those yards, along with Ezekiel Elliott, and of course, Tony Pollard, in compliment, has looked very, very good, translated to an NFL best 34.2 points per game for the Dallas Cowboys. And of course, the Dallas excels in pass protection, only nine sacks, only allowing nine sacks so far. But, but Minnesota leads the NFL with 21 sacks tied with the Bears. So clearly a very interesting matchup here to take on the end, uh, to take on the, uh, the, the best of the NFC East. And um, and what might be the second best in the NFC North. So I take it that you're picking the Vikings here, Joanne. I am picking the Vikings. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Uh, I have to give the Cowboys, you know, a, a, a lot of credit for like how well they're doing, but mm-hmm. I just don't think it could sustain. And I hope that it doesn't sustain. Okay. <laughs> um, I I don't want to will you know do any ill will on anybody, but Ezekiel Elliott has not proven to be the best running back this season. True, he's had a lot of missteps throughout you know the season. Yep, and 
it, you never know what's going to happen. That's true. And during the, you know, Minnesota game, it could very possibly well that Elliot has another shitter game. So yeah. yep. it's, you know, you take him out of, you take him out of the equation and very much so that, you know, Dak Prescott gets, you know, sacked enough where, yep. he's, where he's, you know, fumbling. Yeah, well, and... Minnesota league lead 21 sacks, as we mentioned. So certainly that's a possibility. But, you know, I, and I'll, my counterpoint, though, is Ezekiel Elliott, I don't think is the future there. I think Tony Pollard, yeah, I think he's the future there. They're already trending towards uh, 40% of the uh, carries towards Tony Pollard. So you take Ezekiel Elliott out, I think Tony Pollard steps up here. I am picking the Cowboys to win this game against the Minnesota Vikings on uh, Sunday night football. Either way, it should be a really good one. Only this, uh, I think I think so too. I think this should be a good game uh, with the Vikings. Yep. And if it goes as I hope it will, then it'll be a really <laughs> right, All right. We'll see. Cowboys favored by one, and we'll see how that works out for Sunday night. Let's go ahead, ahead and go ahead and hit the boxing bell on that one and move on. And before we get deep moving, let's talk about our other sponsor, Thrive Fantasy. Come prop up on Thrive Fantasy this football season. Thrive Fantasy is a daily fantasy sports and esports app for player props. With Thrive, you can eliminate countless of hours of research and focus on only the top tier athletes and have the biggest impact of the game to 10 of the 20 available player props to build your lineup. Each prop is assigned a fantasy value for over and under, and then you just win. That's right. Hit the most props, rack up the most points, win a share of the prize pool. Thrive is over $140,000 guaranteed in prizes week to week on NFL and awarded over $4 million. And as Trev and I say every week, if you're Kanye West, you don't need to play because you have too much money. But if you're not Kanye West, go play and win some money. Use the promo code garbage time when you sign up today and you'll receive a hundred percent instant first deposit match of up to a hundred dollars. Again, use t- promo code garbage time, sign up on thrive fantasy uh, app in the app store or play store, or visit the website at www.thrivefantasy.com. Use garbage time, sign up, prop up today, get a hundred percent instant first deposit match of a hundred dollars. And this week only get increased odds on your prop bets. Take two props and win four times your money. Oh my gosh. Get in there now and win some money. All right, let's get on to our next topic. That is the football garbage time pre-week eight NFL bottom five power rankings. Last week, Trevor and I talked about our top five. Let's flip it around and talk about our bottom five. And Joanne, why don't you give us your bottom five first? Uh, I am going to go with the Houston Texans. Okay. Uh, New York Jets, Miami Dolphins, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and I'm going to give it a tie with the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. Wow. Okay. That's, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that is a big chunk there of the uh, NFC East uh, sitting at the bottom there. And I will agree with you. At number one, I have the Houston Texans as the worst team in the league. I have the New York Jets after that. I have the Detroit Lions after that, Jacksonville Jaguars, and I agree with the New York Giants. I don't have the Eagles there, but they are just off my radar as well. But interestingly – all of New York is on that bottom five list. So that's yeah. a real shame, except for those Buffalo Bills who are probably in that top five ranking right yeah. now. Uh, and let's talk about, though, the one that you left off. Because you left off the Detroit Lions and you added the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. What do you do? Why do you hate the Miami Dolphins? You know, it's not that I hate them, but it's just, I think, for me, how disappointing these teams have been. I didn't really expect that much from the Detroit Lions, even though they're zero and seven. But, like, at the same time, the New York Jets came in. There was so much hype. You see Jazak Wilson up there, and you were like, this 
team is just going to go at it. They're going to take New York mm-hmm. and they're going to bring the Giants to shame. And that just did not happen. <laughs> right, right. Uh, just very disappointing. And the same thing with Miami. Every They got rid of, you know, Fitzpatrick. They said that Tua is going to lead them to the promised land. Right. And, you know, I, I have to admit, you know, I didn't think I didn't think they could do that. And just as I suspected. They can't. Yeah, it's, well, it's not happening. Well, they got. They do have some. They do have some good young players there, including Waddle. And and if they could get their run game going, maybe they can get Gaskins be relevant again. But Dolphins are struggling mighty bad. But of course, the Detroit Lions. I mean, how can you disagree with the fact that they're zero and seven? They haven't won a game this year. They are zero and seven. Yes. I mean, it, it was very hard. They were there on my list, but I think it was just a more of a disappointment type deal. And the Lions just aren't on my radar. Yeah, you're just. You, you knew they were going to suck to begin yeah, with. Yeah, I. I <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were going to be that good. And so technically they should be on there, but the disappointment factor, this is the disappointment list. Right. That's, maybe that's what it should be okay. called. All right. The power, five power disappointment list. All right. That's the top, the bottom five power rankings or the top five disappointment list. Uh, Houston Texan fans probably universally disappointed at their team right now uh, until they get Tyrod Taylor back at least, at least then they have a shot. But anyway, we'll see what happens there. That's our list. Let's get on to the last topic of the day. Hit the boxing bell on that. All right. Let's talk about some player props because we did already talk about Thrive Fantasy. Uh, go ahead and put in your player prop picks in Thrive Fantasy, and we're going to talk about four particular player, prop, player props today. Uh, and, uh, and, and, Joanna, let me ask you, let's start with Kyle Pitts. Okay, Kyle Pitts. I know you're a big fan of Kyle Pitts preseason. Huge fan. Everybody. Of Kyle Pitts. We also had a, a huge man crush on Kyle Pitts uh, before the, and after the draft, and he is starting to light it up. The player prop for Kyle Pitts right now is over under 62 and a half receiving yards versus the Panthers. What do you got here for Kyle Pitts? You hit the over or the under? 62. I'm gonna go over. Okay. I'm gonna go over. All right, and and you're you're gonna you're gonna believe in his recent production to say that he's gonna be over sixty two and a half yeah. receiving yards. I think it's gonna be tight. I mean, I gotta say this is the one thing about Thrive Fantasy. They are great with their numbers. Mm-hmm. You they like miss it by one or two points, oh. you know, and like it is a very hard line, but so exciting because yeah. you were just <laughs> that close. Right. So, so exciting. Right, right, right. And I will uh, agree with your pick there. Kyle Pitts over 62 and a half receiving yards versus the Panthers. In week six and seven, Pitts, as we uh, kind of alluded to here, really got it going, 119, 163 yards respectively. In the last three weeks, Pitts has averaged nine targets per game. And guess what? He is averaging 78.5 yards per game. That is the most among tight ends in the NFL, 78.5. And guess what? 78.5 78.5 is more than 62.5. So I'm taking the over, folks. Yeah. The over on Kyle Pitts. All right, let's get to the next one. Let's talk about Jared Goff and his Detroit Lions. Uh, over under 265.5 passing yards versus the Eagles. I'm going to go under. Okay. All right. So no no respect here for Jared Goff. But you know what? I'm going to agree with that and take the under on Jared Goff as well. I mean, Eagles allowing an average of 227.7 passing yards per game. Goff has exceeded 268 yards only twice this year, once against the Bears and once against the 49ers in the very first game of the year. I like Jared Goff and the under, and we agree here, 
on 26.5 passing yards versus those Eagles. But let me just say, I think that's because they're going to really utilize the run game. Mm, so Jared Goff is not going to be in it as much as not that they can't win. Right. They will just win a different way. Okay, so we're, we're banking on DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams carrying the ball and carrying the Lions to victory. I'm counting on Jared Goff to get decimated under center by the Eagles and their really crappy defense, but better than the Lions offense defense. And, uh, and that's where it's going to go. I, like I said, Eagles allow only an average of 227.7 passing yards per game. Guess what? 227, less than 265. I'm taking the under, folks. All right. Derrick Henry, over under 103.5 rushing yards against the Indianapolis Colts. Oof. You know what? I'm going to say under for this one. Under. Wow. Yeah, I'm okay. Under. All right. All right. And, 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 uh, and so, Derek, I'm going to take the over on this one. And then maybe I'm just being overly optimistic. So, why are you taking the under on Derrick Henry? at 103.5 rushing yards. He has just had so much production over the last couple of games. Yeah. So, you know, I don't want to take that away from him. Right. But at the same time, I think the Colts understand that. Mm-hmm. I think that they are going to really try to, like, you know, cover that that center and, yep. and cover Derrick Henry. Stack the box. So yeah. I, I just – Feel like I'm not saying that he's not going to get like a hundred rushing yards, but he's not going to get a hundred and three. Well, interesting. And I think I, uh, the other to your uh, to in your I will say this, even though I'm picking the over, if I take the other side, I would also say Derrick Henry. Most of his production last week was basically through the air. I mean, he did he did run the ball, but they were on short screen passes, yeah. which which count as receiving yards, not rushing yards. So I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up with 200 yards, but you know, 110 of them were receiving yards and 90 of them were rushing yards. So it's entirely possible, but I'm an optimist. So Derek Henry, I'm going to take the over. Joanne's going to take the under on 103.5 rush yards against the Colts. Last one, Alvin Kamara over under 65.5 rushing yards versus the Buccaneers. Wow. That is really low for Alvin Kamara. <laughs> like who would ever say that Elvin Kamara would only have 65.5 rushing yards per game, but this season he has. All right. He's had under 65.5 yards. Okay. And But I'm going to say that it's going to be over. Are you going to take the over? I'm going to take the over here. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, I mean, the the Buccaneers, obviously a very strong uh, run very defense. Strong, yes. But it did allow Khalil Herbert of the uh, Chicago Bears, the third string quarter uh, running back, who actually should be their first string running back, put up 100 yards on the ground against them last week. So, yeah, Alvin Kamara, obviously a real talent there. Again, though, I have the same concern that I had that, you know, with Derrick Henry and that Alvin Kamara is involved with the receiving yards last week. He had 179 total yards in a TD, but 128 of them were receiving yards. So, you know, I mean, would that have been enough? I mean, would he get a couple extra rushing yards against the Bucks? I don't know. Bucks again, as I said, strong against the run. They allow the least amount of rushing yards per game this season at 67.4, but 67.4 is still more than 65.5. So maybe, maybe there's an argument yeah, there maybe, that yeah. Alvin Kamara goes over. I will take the under. Alvin Kamara under 65.5 rushing yards. Joanne's going to take the over. Take the over. All right. All right. And, that's just, yeah. and let's hit the boxing bell on that topic. And that will be all we have for props this week. And that brings us to the end of the show. So let's hit the air horn on the show. Woo! It's always so fast. And we almost went to overtime, but we just made it in time. So that's the time we have this week. Uh, Joanne, give us your social media so people can follow you. I took her by surprise, folks. She wasn't ready for it. She wasn't for it. You can you can follow her at Kung Fu for you on Twitter. 
<laughs> Nobody asked me that. Yeah, I guess he doesn't want anybody to follow her. So don't follow her, but go ahead and follow her. It's at Kung Fu for you on Twitter. And of course, <laughs> you know, we're, we're all happy to hear from everybody uh, and all your comments that you might have um, uh, during this week as we get uh, ready for the rest of the week of NFL football. But in the meantime, as I always say, you can follow me on Twitter at FB Garbage Time. As always, thank you for listening and wasting time with us. Until next time, enjoy your NFL week. Bye.